he said, okay, he said, I'm, I'm going to vote for Labour. And I was like, really? And I don't think he's ever done it before. And uh, he said this beautiful thing. He said, well, it's, it's not my world, is it? It's your world. So what's it got to do with me? I should just be doing what's right for you. And I was like, oh my God. You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find out Mopad. how to do life. Mopad. But it turns out Mopad. nobody knows Mopad. you are listening to this on the day that this uh, podcast comes out, then it is three days ago that I had my 10-year anniversary as a comedian. And what a sad, what a sad time to be celebrating that in a time where live comedy doesn't exist and we don't know when it will return and in what form. It is uh, sort of melancholic. I don't know if that's the right word. I just felt like saying it mel- melancholic. It's a bit sad to uh, to think about where I was 10 years ago and how utterly, utterly in love with stand-up I was and how, I mean, I was so obsessed. I loved it so much and I, oh God, I was in such a space. I was, I started working at this uh, open mic in Copenhagen and I, started sleeping with as many comedians as I possibly could because I thought that my love for comedy was the same as my love for comedians. But turns out it was just the comedy I was in love with and this one comedian who turned out to be a prick. But oh, I was just so, so in love with it. And uh, oh, so I remember sleeping with a, with a comedian and I mean, it wasn't good. But then I slept with him two or three years later and it was good, so fine. But... Uh, like afterwards when I was about to leave because I'm a classy boy I was about to leave afterwards and he and we had a little chat and I said something funny and he started riffing on that being like oh, and making all these jokes and then he hurried over to his desk in the corner of his room and uh, started typing and he was I knew he was creating material and he was sitting there naked and scrawny and looking all nerdy and vulnerable and <laughs> creating stand-up comedy. And I was sitting like naked on the bed looking at him being like, oh my God, this is the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, I loved comedy so much. After I'd been hanging around in the comedian circuit for a few months, uh, they were getting real tired of me because uh, I was just there being like, Tell me more about comedy. Tell me more. What book should I read? And eventually one of them was like, listen, you have five, you have a five minute spot on Monday, Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. You have a five minute spot on Tuesday. Do some comedy. And I was like, what? Me? How do you, how would I, I'm not, huh? And they were like, we can tell you love comedy so much. It's a matter of time. So just fucking do it. And I did. And I don't remember a lot because it was such a wild experience. I remember entering the backstage room, the dressing room, uh, for the first time as a comedian instead of a uh, groupie. And I fell and <laughs> hammered my knee into the floor. And the show was happening downstairs and they were they, they heard the big like, DUSH! And <laughs> the whole audience went quiet. And um, my, my knee was bleeding. And the comedians just looked at me like, what are you doing? 
And um, I got up. So when I went on stage, I was about to say my first joke, which uh, I had planned for a week, rehearsed, practiced. And instead, I don't know why I did this, I said, I fell. And they were very quiet. They were like, oh, okay, is this a joke? We don't know what's happening. And then I showed them my bloody knee. It was like, I fell. And they all looked at me like, she really went far for this uh, joke that isn't particularly working. <laughs> Can't believe she smashed, she smashed her knee to make this bad joke. And uh, it was a rush and it was amazing. And I was instantly in love with it. And I couldn't even... Like, I... If I've not done stand-up comedy for four days, I start to feel bad. Like, I need it. I need it so... It's it's like a... It's an addiction. And now I've not done it for over three months. Which is sad. But uh, if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, tomorrow, on the 25th of June at 9pm, I'm doing my first live streamed show. So imagine if I, in 10 years, look back at my first ever live streamed show and then... That's all we will still be doing in 10 years. So in a way, it's a fun time to do that. Uh, you can get tickets for it for £7 on sophiehagen.com forward slash stream show. I think maybe if you just go to sophiehagen.com, it'll be there. Or any of my social media will have a link to it. And um, yeah, I'd love to see you there for my online stream debut for a show that I'm just calling How to Be Happy Fat. It's about fatness. Hope you like it. It's one of the reasons I love Kiri is we were very similar in a lot of ways. And one of them is sort of our love and obsession with stand-up comedy. And I mean, I want to say our uh, work ethic. And then also this point where we, I think we both want to do the right thing. We both want to help and we want to use our platforms for good. And we're also both flawed people because of course we are who isn't so this i don't know if you're gonna hear this in the background it is neighbors drilling fun fun times fun times <laughs> it's uh so this second conversation that we're having the the second part of the two parts is about that it's about how we are trying to do good and trying to talk about that in a sort of con- self-confrontational way so I hope you like it. It's uh, It was a lovely conversation. I had to cut it short because... Well, not even <laughs> short because it was a two-hour conversation. But I had to stop Kiri at the end because I had to do another recording, which then failed, but that, I didn't know that at the time. And uh, that also means that I didn't get to do the extra bit at the end where I asked Kiri the seven questions for the for the Patreon. But I will get her to do that eventually when uh, when we have a bit of a bit of time. So... I'm now going to just throw you into the capable arms of Curie Pritchard McLean. I've thought about this a lot, especially because of all the things that have happened recently. Uh, it's, It's keeping your eye on the goal. And sometimes, you know, I see, I mean, it's such a complicated thing, isn't it? But I've had a lot of people argue in my comments on Instagram about stuff I've posted about, you know, um, trans rights and Black Lives Matter. And it's so you'll see people shout at someone 
for being problematic, but the person shouting is not themselves harmed by the language. Like you are in a, like if you are, if you are, if you're in any way affected by that language, then by all means shout, you know, express your feelings. You're so allowed to be angry. But if you are a straight person shouting at a homophobic person, that is so unhelpful and you have to stop because that's just you showing other people that you are right. You need to calm the fuck down and then be super, super nice and then make sure that person changes their mind because yelling does not change anything. If anything, it pushes that person away. And then you seem like a great guy who shouted at a homophobe, but actually that person is now going to continue to be a homophobe because you shouted. And it's such a hard... I, I mean, I'm, and I'm saying I'm not... like I did that. I've done that for so many years. Just like, blog everyone. Fuck off. You know, where I should have brought those people in and had the very difficult conversation, which is so much more difficult when you have to be nice about it because all you want to do is shout and scream. Yeah. Having this like... Hmm. Hello. Why do you think? What do you think? Could there be a possibility that maybe you had misunderstood something? That is so difficult, especially when you have to like uh, navigate the ongoing. Like, can you um, point me to a link of evidence? Do you know, like the yeah. the people who are sort of seemingly just the like passag debate me guys, basically. Mm. So to 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 identify who is open open-eyed asking and is someone who's not encountered a difference of thought and is, mm. is asking and going is this right or I thought mm. this to distinguish them between the like agitators who are like oh that's interesting because I was pretty sure that sex came down to or whatever yeah, yeah. um that is yeah difficult and I, I have it like did I talk about it in my first show yeah I talked about it in my first show so my parents are not educated um, and my dad, and definitely racist, and not in like the uh, in the old school way of being racist and homophobic. I would say that they have. My dad has definitely mellowed in recent years. My mum just doesn't speak up about it, which I found mm. it just means she's sort of doubled down on it quietly. Mm. But I remember talking to my dad, who would normally like, oh, you know, when he starts saying whatever he's saying, we'd be like, you know, shut up, you don't be so ignorant, you're bigger, blah, 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 and no one talks to him. And I remember sitting down and having a conversation with him once and being like, basically going like, why are you homophobic? And he was like, oh, it's just, I don't, oh, I just don't get it. And it's unnatural, you know, all this kind of yeah, like, yeah. lame stuff they hear. Like, oh, I did, well, you know, when I was growing up, it was illegal. And be like, okay, well, that's a really bad reason for anything because you've never paid tax in your life, dad. <laughs> and you run your car on red diesel. So it's not like you're suddenly like, oh, uh, the law, <laughs> the true bastion of justice. Um, so I, I was like, but... You, you don't choose who you fall in love with. You understand that, don't you? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so why are you cross at people for falling in love, which is like the loveliest thing? And I was like, you haven't chosen to have the eye color you've had. Like people are born this way, loving who they love. And, and love is meant to be the most equal thing, right? It's something that we can all share. So why would you be cross at someone or dislike someone or ostracize them for just loving someone? And then he was like, oh. And like no one had explained it to him like that. Mm. No one had ever said, well, it's just, it's not, it's not a choice. It's just who you love. Um, and then he was like, oh, okay. And he's sort of like, m- like he's, he's now sort of like, he's met loads of my friends who are gay. And like, it's sort of very, so he like, he loves loads of gay comics as well. And, 
and like so he's like Susie Ruffle he met when we were filming a thing and he was like sort of very like um how's Susie and and her girlfriend has a girl like really sort of pleased yeah. themselves of like making it but I just realized oh that's like and obviously he's like uh well he's really smart but he's not university educated or anything like that he's you know a mechanic um slash farmer um and he has never had it explained to him he's not really a city dweller you know so like there's not a mix of people that might have a you know he's in his late 70s and you just think well if he can get his fucking head around it I'm pretty sure other people can but it is just coming from sometimes the most important thing is it's someone who loves and respects them telling them in a kind way Mm. and especially like that's definitely I think my place to do I kind of I I agree what you're saying about like don't shout them down but like I think in terms of the work like that is my place as being someone close that the burden is on me as a straight person explaining to him not potentially a gay cousin I have explaining why he deserves the right to love someone Mm. um but yeah I think that's a, a thing of like having those conversations with people we love and and it's so easy to not do it you'd be like well we can have this argument at christmas when my auntie gets drunk and shouts you know like gets a bit confident about brexit or we can just have a nice day and you know like not having mum be like can we not have politics at the dinner set you know i get Mm. why you'd opt out of it especially if you're not time rich but those are the most important and effective conversations i think I, th- I remember phoning my dad before, um, not this election, the last one, and saying, it's really important to me that you don't vote for the Conservatives. And I was like, here are the, all the reasons why. And he's like, he's a working class Tory, which is the worst kind. Because they just think like, well, we work so fucking hard. And look, you can, we're so proud of you kids. You all went to university. Like if other people worked hard, they could have what we have. And they just don't mm-hmm. see it. Of course they don't see it. Um and so I, I talked to him for ages and I said, one of the things because he'd sort of seen from jokes I'd made on Twitter that I was with someone as well. And I said, listen, if you vote Labour, I'll tell you who my boyfriend is. Because <laughs> he's very interested in my life. And he was like, I remember, uh, sort of as a joke. And then he said, okay, he said, I'm, I'm going to vote for Labour. And I was like, really? And I don't think he's ever done it before. Uh, and he was like, I think he's always voted Tory or UKIP, which is terrifying. And uh he said, well, yeah. And he said this beautiful thing. He said, well, it's it's not my world, is it? It's your world. So this is, uh, what's it got to do with me? I should just be doing what's right for you. And I was like, oh my God. Whoa. Yeah. And then after the election, when, um, uh, not this one, the previous one, but um, when basically Labour had not been as annihilated as badly as they thought. They were, yeah. Um, he, he phoned me up and he was like, are you happy with the result? And I was like, yeah, I'm happy that hasn't, you know, been quite the disaster i thought it was going to be and he was like you know i I just i told you the truth i voted labor and they was like who's your boyfriend then just like immediately (laughs) you could tell that was his like sole motivation for it but that's also (laughs) the thing about having your eye on the goal right like the goal is to have a better world and then we just need to figure out how to get there like it my when i was 18 my older brother uh he was very conservative and he's not anymore thank god but uh he votes so he just asked me something. I don't remember the context, but he asked me about what parties I vote for. And I just told him the wrong one. I was like, oh yeah, these ones are the ones that agree with you. And he was like, okay, so he voted for them. And I was like, that's absolutely fine with me. That's, and then we're going to have, have four more years to have this discussion. <laughs> to talk about, you know, why you should change your mind. But till then you voted for the right parties. I don't give a fuck. Like, 
that's the thing of figuring out how to because also some people might for some people it might work to be sheltered at some people don't want the kindness but it's about what you know about people and like how they can and that's something like we we should be able to do as comedians right we should know how to talk to people and who to you know how how to how to speak to very specific people Mm. and it's all about reaching that goal you know i'm thinking a lot about have you have you thought about how because now we've um we're in the middle of a of rising which is scary and incredible uh in terms of black lives black lives matter uh have you thought about how you perpetuate uh white supremacy racism because i know your own whiteness and yes but not in any way uh near to the extent that i should have been doing Mm. so i think i thought by like like always having diverse bills that's like enough um Mm. but it's not is it and always like on shows i've worked on being like it's not okay that we're all white um uh and like you know every having that conversation repeatedly but it's like well that's still not enough because that's like ah, I've said that now job done and it's not really is it there's there's loads more I could have done loads more and also yeah it's really difficult so one of the things I've realized as well is that some of it things that I can I think we can um uh bring about change in a in a quicker sense is uh still lies with people with power in inverted commas or platform of privilege which i now have so i think the onus should be on people like me so for instance um the day after everyone put their black squares up i was doing like a tech for a gig and then i was like texted the organ i was on the zoom and i texted them is anyone else going to be doing this gig and they were like oh yeah uh white male comedian and I went, okay, it's just, this is an all white bill, which, which I wasn't going to go, it's not good enough anyway. But if, you know, like, read the world, not even the room, yeah. read the world. Um, and I was like, I'm happy to step down and let's let's find someone. So this, but also then I realized when they were like, oh, I don't really want to get you off the bill. I was the only woman. So I would be agreeing another problem. And it's... Um, so and then what they said was uh oh right let me go to the venues like of course shit yeah let me go to the venues and see if we can get some more money and get another act and they did and they have um but it is up to like with so many things the more and more issues i'm seeing with like i can kind of really talk about comedy because that's all i really yeah. know is it's on a certain group of people to step up and do more what i would say about that is something else I keep talking about with my boyfriend is the people I see who are still posting about Black Lives Matter and still disseminating information, I would say they are all, well, I think my title is not, they're all, they're all queer. The, the ones that I can see, is they're all queer people. I'd say maybe there's, and the ones who aren't, are women. Now, women aren't a minority, but in comedy we are. And I think this has fallen again on the marginalised groups of comedy, obviously white, privately educated, middle-class women, not marginalised at all. But in comedy, that mm. certainly as I was growing up in it, that was a, you know, I was I was a box ticked on a lineup. Mm. Still am to a certain extent. 
it's on us again. And that's fine. Um, and I'm more than happy to like, if I can do any tiny thing with, with what I've got, then I'm so happy to do it. But it is building this fucking rage in me of like, who, who is the, who's the, just basically like, fuck you guys for sharing a black square and like retweeting your, you know, black and Asian mates being like, whoa, telling it like it is. And then be like, I've just seen you work constantly on all white bills for fucking six years. Where the fuck were you then? Like, how can you not see that as any of a problem? Whenever you book a lineup, like not even getting into the women thing, it's all white. And like, you can give me the geography thing, but like I've managed to book gigs outside of London that are diverse. So I think we can like, I think you can manage it. (laughs) And it's just so like, I don't know why I expected them to be any better. I don't know why I expected because I just thought that we're all having like an awakening. But yeah, so I basically think it's coming down to the same people. What can I do that's more? There's a few things I had started to do, but again, it's just that thing of letting it slide. I'm really cross at myself. So one of the things I started doing a couple of years ago, but I didn't say it anywhere publicly. And in fact, I asked like, so I asked um, a really great card. Do you know Bishop, don't you? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, <laughs> cause I'm so like, grown up in the the whitest area in the world I'm really bad at st- I, like my white privilege is blinding so I just don't know when I'm getting things wrong or not and thankfully she is kind enough to, so I so I basically said listen I want to do this thing that I get a lot offered a lot of work that I can't always do on gigs and what I wanted to do is go oh I can't do it but here's a list and then have it with basically all all like women and people are calling queer people I was like is that is that patronizing or gross or you know like here's me and and she was like no I think it's like the right thing to do and and so I started to do that and I was like just don't say it anywhere because that's the gross thing of like da, da, da. I'm saying it because it's, it's a few years ago I started this and now no one really emails me for work <laughs> <laughs> but in a nice way because I'm busy and don't really do much live anymore and and what I was surprised about again with that is how quickly people are like oh great and I would just all organize it as in like if it was like a uh, like a a queer person of color they would go at the top of the list and I would basically do it as a, and then it would sort of go work its way down to straight women <laughs> um so or, or no uh yeah it would work its way down to straight women and um, so it was like in terms of people that I felt needed like pl- platforming um uh so and then that was something that like yeah because I'm busier now and I barely when I answer my emails it's like one word answer that is not something I'm taking the time to sit and do but it's like, well, I could find time to do that and spend less time on Instagram or, you know, less time on any of the things I waste my time on. So it's just, I guess, re, redoubling the efforts for that stuff. And also, like, money. Like, I don't have loads at the moment, but I can. I basically think, like, right, I can give 50 quid a day for, like, this m- amount of time. So, yeah, money is something that I can give because also it's, like, I'm trying to speak up, but only by like amplifying voices. Like there's one thing I spoke up about because I know there's a huge problem in Wales, which I have fallen prey of, which is thinking that this is not a Welsh problem mm-hmm. because we are oppressed by the English. So race has nothing to do with this. We're less racist than England. Um, and I only think that because like I didn't go to school with any people who were white. Or I did. I probably didn't fucking speak to them. There was like, there's a few Asian kids because there's a hospital nearby. Lots of their parents work there. Um, and there was there's one black guy in my year and uh like one Chinese guy and that was about it really. So I just thought that racism, like we're in some sort of post-racial situation here in Wales, because we don't, you know, we don't really have like, but of course that's not the situation. Mm. And searching where I'm from and just it's 
were all built on money generated from slavery like the roads I drive on every day so like teaching myself about that and then speaking up because I think other Welsh people would listen to me I know there's a lot of Welsh people who follow me so like well that's on me to speak up then because they're not going to seek that information out or or it might not occur to them to but other than that I, I've just been trying to put my money where my mouth is as well so where do you I'm, learn from well I had started following some other accounts already so like Rachel Cargill is it yeah, yeah. she's incredible I, She's fucking amazing. Yeah. I've been following her for a while now. And that thing of being like, being educated uh, in like, so it's about unlearning as well, isn't it? So things that like, she's so good at, she puts these things up where someone will write, what I would, and still there's a part of me thinks is a kind of innocuous comment underneath one of her things being like, guys, aren't we all, can't we all just get along? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. And like, and she'll sort of break it down and like point out the microaggressions that you're like, fuck yeah. And that's like in three sentences, they've managed to be fucking exhausting and undermining everything you're saying with sort of the surface air of someone who's being sweet. Um, and, you know, just, just trying to understand. So that has been a real education because. I guess if I was slightly, uh, if I had slightly less to lose in that I was worried that I might, not that I'm like driven by followers, but you know, like if I wasn't on stage and I was just a person still living in Wales with a family or whatever, as a kind of shit, I would absolutely write under there because I wouldn't know. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just joining in the conversation. I thought it was about this. And it's like without ever trying to educate myself. So like learning from other people's mistakes and her pointing out the huge like structural chasms that exist um has been really really interesting and like I've been aware but not obviously like through any lived experience but like aware of the issue so there's a statistic that I'm trying to build a stand-up show around it's like one of my is that the the average lifespan uh for a trans woman of color in America is 35 like I can't mm. that to me is so like why is that not on billboards everywhere mm. like w- why aren't we all talking about that all the time um so I've been aware and I've had all this percolating in my brain for a bit but has that made me change and like how I was knowing that no like how was I giving money before no am I now yeah that's a place that I can start and I was trying to like the people who follow me I think are good eggs because you know all these people are like I don't care if you unfollow me because of this I'm like who the fuck is being unfollowed during all this it's <laughs> like not that I'm like it's done wonders for me but I definitely haven't had people unfollow me I'm like what were you putting out into the world before guys that they were like people who, who uh, you know think that Black Lives Matter is a controversial statement have left you like <laughs> you want to look at what you're doing before but anyway um so I was trying to think of like I think the people who it's, I think because the podcast, because it's two women talking and it's largely, you know, through like empathy and we've definitely learned, you'll see our language. Or kill yeah, or kill yeah. Over the course of the podcast. So I think we've got quite like an engaged listenership, which is, I say a big chunk of people are following me on social media. So I was like, what can I do? And it's like setting yourself standards. So like one of the things I put the other day that I think is like also going, I think other nice white ladies like me might like something. So it's like, don't share a petition you haven't signed um uh, don't share an article you haven't read and don't share a donation thing that you haven't given money to and I was like and if you can't give money to it because I'm that's me that's the account I'm holding myself to if you can't give money to it you can share it so that's the thing like those are three really easy things that would just j- keep 
generating awareness. So those are the things I'm like sticking to. And I think they're like, if, if just, if we all just did those three things, that would mean we're educating ourselves. We're giving the money where it counts and we're, and we're showing up with our signatures, our names, our voices, um, which is like the bare minimum. That's a really easy thing that we could do. So, but I'm, but what I really need to do is go uh, start doing less of stuff. Like, like I said to that guy, right, I'll step down. I won't do this gig. I just need to do that with more stuff. Another thing I, I want is, I, I mean, I've, I think it should be, and I'm going to try and propose it somewhere. It should be industry standard that you are told who you're going to be working with. It would solve a lot mm. of problems. Yeah. You and I have both had this conversation. Like how yeah. many times have you turned? Cause also producers are good eggs generally. I can't think of many fucking nightmares. Mm. But they're and they're usually no time, no budget. So mm. sometimes stuff comes together like lineups very late. But to walk into a room and not know who you're working with is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And also it leads us into situations that are, you know, means that like I had it on the Sophie Duca amazingly put up shoes on the news quiz she was added to the bills um kind of late R- read her words not mine um and she was like it was it before that it was an all white bill and she's like i don't want to be the only like the fucking pressure to be like yeah hello i'm the only black woman I'm, i guess i'm going to speak on behalf of all black women yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. and i remember what that was like when i started going on and they'd be like kiri can you talk about and it would be like a woman thing like yeah, oh yeah. they're putting a woman statue for this thing and you're a bit like oh, can i just talk about something else um and it's got loads better because it's you know more like the gender diversity thing is is much better on news quiz but yeah the race thing and and i was like when i hosted the news quiz it was all white and i was like "Uh -uh." i was like we gotta and then the person who was on it who's amazing darren harrier they were like oh darren's not done it before and i was like great like great like why hasn't why hasn't why hasn't the best comedy show and they would like and he did it and he was brilliant and he's done it since but it's just that thing of like you know we all get trapped in habits and producers are so stretched that they'll be trapped in the habits of the same you know 25 names all the time but also because we because we've it's not till now that people have properly started talking about how we are all racist like we all have this bias so all these producers will think that it is an excuse that, oh, he probably just hasn't done it before, so he probably shouldn't do it. Without, well, hopefully now, it's more common knowledge. So you can say, oh, I think that's your um, internalized, like that's your racism talking. And would you think the same thing about uh, a a white guy who was nominated for best show, you know? And and I think, and that's the thing of this, um, people thinking that as long as they don't, do anything violently against black people they're not racist but like that is that is why you're doing this thing but you you're not aware of it like the, yeah. you know so you need to do something that maybe feels uncomfortable to you because you don't you don't know why it feels uncomfortable you think it's because you're afraid that your show's going to get ruined but that's not why it's because you have a bias that you're not aware of i definitely um i'm definitely guilty of doing that it comes from a weird hangover of myself so when I'm putting a bill together um I'll be like oh they're a bit inexperienced um you know like it'll be like say the bill's all straight and it's a gay person or say it's a girl or and it's all boys or or whatever um I'll be like oh I don't know if they're basically if I think they are much less experienced than the rest of the bill I feel like I'm doing them an injustice because I know that people will go I know being the girl who's done 
it's that age old thing of I grew up with panel shows where they would you sit Sean Locke who's been going 25 years next to a woman who's been going four years and people would go woman isn't as funny as man women aren't funny mm. so some of it is a hangover of my own thing of being like the fucking pressure to like represent but then that's on me isn't it like we'll make sure they're not the only one of anything and then there is no pressure so if you're going to book less experienced you know like gay woman put an experienced gay other like gay woman on and it's fine and like no one will be they'll be just judging them as comedians so that's the thing that I've realized I can fix um but only really since having this conversation because when you were saying that I was like shit that's the thing I definitely do and also like I look at all the times that someone gave me my chance and all that happened is I you step up to it or you or you don't and you learn a lesson um, and they look after you in the edit or do whatever and you know no one goes away being like that was the worst com-. I'm sure some of them do and that's fine but you know like worst comedian in the world and their career's ruined that just doesn't happen so what you should be doing is just being aware that you can give more people a mm. audience in a platform and it's right to and I definitely try and do that with like my tour support picking them is so important in terms of like class and making this sure there's queer people and it's not all white people and it's working class people um because i just don't think posh boys or posh girls like necessarily need the platform um or or my audience or my audience would even like them Um, so yeah i I try and weigh am but like i can definitely i can definitely do more but i honestly at the moment i don't i'm having a long think about what i can do and in the meantime i'm just trying to give money Mm not fixing the problem at all but it is giving it to the people who know how to fix it until i can work out what else i can do and if you have you you thought about how we can talk to the very quiet posh white comedians like i sent two texts where i was like hi um just wondering if you have considered posting a bit about Black Lives Matter at some point, maybe? Because I was so afraid that, you know, I've tried calling out comedians before for something else, or calling in even, and which has ended, like, with abuse that's still happening. So I was really nervous about how they were going to react. And they were both like, oh, yeah, of course, I was just about to. And then they did it. I'm like, yeah, fine, I don't care. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) As long as you do it. Um, And then even then it was something inaugurous, like, yeah, here's the thing, but also here's a joke. I'm like, okay. (laughs) almost we're almost there but I think because I feel like again it's down to and that goes back to what you said before about this um like a higher this there's more expectations of if you already do some people will expect you to do everything Mm. which is I totally get that like I'm the same like oh but you have all these morals and values so why do you not also do this I totally get that but then meanwhile white male comedian guys is making a lot of jokes and no one's ever holding him accountable for anything. Mm. So one thing is you stepping off a lineup as the only woman amongst a bunch of white men so that a person of color can come on the lineup. But where's the, how do we, how do you, how, how does one reach those white guys who are just still sailing through and not, doing anything and just you know by being quiet they're just nothing changes for them which is so annoying because when we're quiet about something we have and thankfully 40 people in our dms going excuse me why have you not commented on these events <laughs> which is fair and i get it and we should 
I'm just so annoyed that no one does that to um oh, I what, think what I sort of like appease myself with is they don't realize by being inert that they're actually making themselves irrelevant and I'm not talking about all this stuff because I'm striving for irrelevance but I think if you don't have if you don't have an opinion either way even on Black Lives Matter that you're willing to say out loud then will you really think you're going to be relevant in in a new world like if you haven't you know kind of put your flag in the ground sorry to use such like a colonial terminology like conquered a continent (laughs) Um, but yeah it's that thing of being like okay you 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 know sit on the fence and be quiet about it and not engage in that stuff unless it's some like the people who say all lives matter are a bit like like yeah great joke that's your hot take on this whole situation cool (laughs) um then i just think that they will disappear in their own time but their followers won't i think that's why i'm thinking like you're so right and i love imagining them (laughs) (laughs) disappearing a lot of them but right now they have hundreds of sometimes thousands and tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of followers and for them like as you said this thing about people losing followers i've lost like 50 you know like nothing i've lost it's nothing compared to the people i've seen bragging about how many they've lost as like a you know like a like an honor thing of like you're like "Mm." (laughs) but that also does mean that we speak to people I think we speak to people who are sort of on the next level. Like they're already on board with feminism. So they'll probably listen, hopefully listen when we talk about, you know, more something that's a bit more than white feminism. Hopefully, apart from the 50 people who are like, whoa, too much. (laughs) I like the being about me. Uh, But they who are losing followers, they're the ones, they reach an audience who would never even follow us in the first Mm. place. So to get someone... Oh God, and I'm, it's so sad that we're recording this because otherwise I could just use a bunch of examples <laughs> <laughs> to get like a famous white guy who's only ever done gentle observational comedy to post about this to all of his white male followers who have never even, because we follow most of these people, like we get it in every day, we deal with it, we, we you know, we've thought about this for a while. They've never even heard of this. Like I've, I saw today someone saying that they had spoken to people who didn't know racism existed until now, which is, I mean, I get it. When someone says it, I'm like, oh yeah, of of course there are people like that, but they're the people who follow, you know, white male comedian. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if there's a, I just, and I, I think that's one of the things I'm considering now is how can I talk to my colleagues, not friends, my friends are, would would already do it but my colleagues who are white male comedians and be like hey wanna start you know saying something because mm. it's a it's a way in that you know if we can be the the puppet masters yeah <laughs> i mean that is big myself up quite a lot but if there could be like an internal pressure of like oh hey how, i sorry i just didn't see you post anything about this so i was wondering mm. you know what, what did that post just get lost or maybe it's in your drafts so. <laughs> yeah I guess it's, um, I definitely know that there's, uh, I think it's really important for people who have a, a large platform, definitely to engage with it. And I'm trying to think of like who I know now, who I could have that conversation with, who hasn't for whatever reason. 
yeah and it's just also because it's that it's usually people you know that like they do care and it's that it's the fear of getting it wrong isn't it Mm. and it's like you want to be the person who like holds a hand and be like I know you care so Mm. now's the time to speak up and say it and not just wish Mm. that you had or but because I know what they're like and they'll be reading everything they can and trying to get the gauge of it and then what does the ordinary person on the street feel about it and so how do they take that and make that fun and there'll be so much going on in their head um but yeah I guess it is up to again it's that I'm if I can have that conversation with my dad in a kind way that leads him to making the right decision and and thinking differently I can definitely do it with my famous friends who are boys <laughs> definitely because also I know my friends who are boys who aren't don't have particularly big platforms they feel that they're just being performative then they're like mm. you know which of my 800 followers is <laughs> you know like or yeah. whatever or you know like 500 or something you know 50 yeah. is like so it's easy for them to like sort of sit there and take it in and watch it and and disseminate it in whatsapp groups and be like you know and, and probably have try and write material about it and not feel like they're yeah. getting there but like yeah you're right it's the people who need some their fans might need well some it's convincing. well it's like jonathan ross just posted something very transphobic like in support of jk rowling which is and i don't know why i'm disappointed i know nothing about jonathan ross i've never met him but in my heart i just assumed that he'd be a great guy i don't know why yeah, I did as well. I think it's because he bought the British rights to RuPaul's Drag Race. So I'm like, well, if you're engaged in uh, culture, yeah. although that obviously is like, you just, yeah, you just assume, yeah, transphobic bundle of madness around it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but then I was like, oh, like he has 5.1 million followers, and I was like, he must know someone. There must be someone who has his number, who's a friend of his or a close acquaintance, who could give him a call and be like, hey. I feel like maybe that's something you've not quite understood about this whole thing. Let's have a chat. Like I, <laughs> I like tweeted him. I've never met him. He doesn't follow me. He doesn't know who I am. But I was like, maybe the blue tick, maybe, yeah. maybe he would. Re- and I tried to be really nice in the thing. And I was like, he's never going to answer. That's unrealistic. But I re- like if he had had someone, that would be 5.1 million people who would see him tweet. Oh, sorry, I was wrong. Trans mm-hmm. women are women. Like, I, I don't know why that just... You know, and then because we'll have our friends with 800 followers who are like, Black Lives Matter, trans women are women. And we're like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. This, this prick is like speaking to more people than we can possibly like. Yeah. I don't ask why. I follow all the Westlifers on social media. And like, then I see them, you know, I'm scrolling through my feed and it's just people speaking out and they have so many followers, so many followers who would do whatever they said. And then they're like, I went to the beach today. I'm like, ah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Do you know what I found as well of like, because I, there's been two occasions where I have like, especially in the aftermath of the black square thing where I've like been pulled up and not dealt with it very well. Mm. So like one was I put that black square up and I had all day I had been posting into my, Mm. putting stuff in my stories because more people watch that than anything Mm. I put on my posts. (laughs) So, um, and some, someone had uh, gone, Hey, you're not just meant to put a black square up you're meant to you're meant to keep talking it's not meant to be a silence thing it's meant to keep talking and I wrote I've been posting stuff in in my stories all day if you look at my Twitter I've been retweeting stuff and then I just I deleted the whole post because I felt so embarrassed and I also looked at the person who said it and and it was a black woman and I was like ah I was so just like oh no no I know I've silenced you when you really politely but it's because I I was I was basically going it also came at a time when 
I mean, I, I spoke to you about it because I just didn't know what to do. My inbox is full of people telling me what I should be doing and um, and another thing that I'll get to in a minute. But um, yeah, I was just like, sort of like, I was definitely defensive and, and not that I looked at her race first and made the decision to be. It was after and I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I just deleted it. And then I put up a post and I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, I deleted it and I didn't give an ex, but I didn't mention this woman because like, I don't think mm. it's good for her or me necessarily not good for me but you know like it would it would then be like oh she's just trying to cover her back but I was like that's not what I should have done I also shouldn't have deleted it and not send them I'm just trying to be honest there's another woman who messaged me and was like hey you keep using b-i-p-o-c um, oh, yeah. on your posts and I I don't know what it was I, I had just been shared this black one has had really it was it was about racial gaslighting and I was so fascinated because I'd never thought about gaslighting in terms of race I Mm. thought about it in terms of nearly everything else except for race I was like fucking this is amazing so I shared it um because I always find the original source as well and share it from their page and follow them Mm. um and she was like uh so she's like it's uh sounds for indigenous peoples is the is the ip right um and um so black and indigenous people of color um i think is the full uh acronym and she was like you keep using that and it's not and and said listen i'm uh of of like I'm a descendant of indigenous people and yes, we get loads of shit, but it's not our time now. It's about, pl- and I was like, where, where, did, where did I write this? Cause I was like, I don't even know what the term is. Where have I used it? Um, and then, uh, and then she saw it and gave it back to me. And I'm like, oh, fuck am I like, part of you is like, oh shit, I fucked up. Am I being canceled somewhere on the internet? And I don't know about it. And I, I didn't know I used this thing and I was just trying to, I, I was just trying to, speak out and I've said it wrong and I didn't know where and I was really like stressing myself out and I was like hey I just really want to get this right can you tell me where I've used this and then she was like oh you've just used it a couple of times on your stories and I looked and I was like and then I was like oh this is I'm sharing this from like a black a black woman's account um and I'm I like I didn't want to take it down or tell her she's not using the right terminology uh, like I'm not inclined to do that it was certainly quite brusque anyway the way I spoke to her Brusque is the right word. Quite sort of like offhand, as in because I was so like cut after being like, oh, it's a fucking thing of someone else's that I shared. Um, and then she was like, well, something like fairly shitty, but fair play to her response that was like, right, well, I was just trying to tell you, and you clearly weren't listening, kind of thing. And then I was like, I've, I've taken it down now, but like she blocked me in between, and I was like, I've taken it down now, um, which you'll never see, but it was just that thing of like the sheer panic of being like, mm. I'm hurting people more than like, I'm fucking up. Like, it's like, Oh no, I am another thing saying like, I, d- I don't get it. And I'm not willing to educate myself it was ho- such a horrible feeling. But also this panic of like panic Googling. Like someone said that um, in, in my post, someone called me out for um, not including deaf people. I had like a list of isms and then I said, oh, I, I thought that was ableism. I think that covered discrimination against deaf people. But am I wrong? And then this person said, yeah, I don't see myself as disabled, but I'm deaf. And then I was like, okay, I need to learn about this quickly. And then it's just like this Googling thing, trying to figure out the sources that you're Googling. Like, is this correct? And realizing that there's apparently a huge discrepancy between what like, there are groups of deaf people who believe that it is a disability in terms of the social what's it called social model of disability and then there are also um deaf people who believe it is a dis- like, it was this whole thing where i was like holy shit i didn't even know there was a th- i didn't know this was a t- discussion and then mm-hmm. and because there are two sides and they're both 
making good points. You have to figure out which of those sides, you know, you, you it's not up to you to make that decision about who's right or who's mm. not right. And, and then you try to find, you know, people that you already know whose politics align with yours and like what they might say. And it's this whole thing. And you just have this one person and you don't know who they are. You don't know where they're coming yeah. from. And, but it's not up to you to make that decision. So it's just this, this whole thing of finding out, finding out that autism, autism, A-U-D-I-S-M, is the term for deaf people, discrimination against deaf people without calling it a disability. And then being like, well, is that there for all, like, is that, does every disability or does everything yeah. have their own? And you just, you just go into the, and honestly, the easiest thing, it's a black delete ignore, right? That's yeah. and that's which is what a lot of our, you know, a lot of our colleagues do, and what we often have done and still do. It's so hard to go, whew, okay. You know, especially if you've had a past of being blamed for things or feeling guilty or low self-esteem, or you know, if you see yourself as someone who does not want to hurt people, you just suddenly feel like, okay, it becomes this war in your head. And it's so hard to go, okay. Deep breaths, look up, you know, read about this, be okay with the fact that you may have fucked up or maybe you haven't. Find out how to respond to this in a respectful and understanding way. And sort of, you know, thanking them for making you aware of it. It is such a I understand why so many people struggle with it, because it's so hard, because we've never had to deal with this. You know, for someone who's deaf, I imagine this is a huge thing. Like they must be, you know, seeing this used everywhere and feeling horrible about it and I think for someone who's empathetic or someone who is in this universe, it just becomes a lot emotionally and it takes quite a lot to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, and it would be easier if we all, if there was like a pre acceptance of, no, I guess it's more like an understanding of having like a general sense of patience for people who are, on your side and how and again if you are the part of the oppressed group absolutely don't need to do anything but for people who do call out who are not part of that group you the context of who you're speaking to is very important you know you're not speaking to someone who's you know like josh gad posted something very problematic and he was called out hundreds of times and I thought, oh, yeah, but, you know, a lot of these comments are quite harsh, but, you know, he may not have been online since he posted the photo. And then I saw that he had posted loads since. So I was like, oh, okay, now we can get mad. <laughs> you know, Now we can start to be like, hello, excuse me, sir. Yeah, <laughs> Could yeah. you please? Uh, another person I've DM'd <laughs> will never see the message. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hi, Josh. What? What are you doing? He's in Frozen, isn't he? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's in Book of Mormon, the... Um, uh, original stage recording as well. It's a shame. Zelda anyway. coming in. Anyway, oh, can't listen to that. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, I think all I want to say is that it, there has, there is such a nuance and such a context of all of this, which is your reaction, our reactions when this happens, is so understandable and so normal and so natural. And the more, and this is not an excusing what we do that is problematic. It's just our end goal is to live in a better world where everyone, where no one fucks up and to get there. 
the people who can, who are in the privileged position of not being emotionally affected by these things, need to have more patience and more understanding of the context of, you know, that we we, we will definitely try and do our best. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, totally. I don't want my... to like I'm excusing anything. No, 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 no. I totally get it. But I would say in my case, both those people were so polite to me and I just like rashly reacted. Mm. And like, cause also like my job is like, and knowing to say the right thing at the right time in the right words. And then like feeling around this, like, you know, world where I'm trying to teach myself fast about stuff. And also I don't want to sound that like I'm shirking responsibility. Like we didn't get taught about the empire. So therefore I don't understand racism. Like it's on me. Like, I could have been making more of a concerted effort to educate myself. I did not behave in the right way. The only like two slight, and they relate to each other, additional context of how I've been at the moment and the time it's come at. Um, not to be like a global revolution that's well overdue has come at a very inconvenient time for me. <laughs> but the things I've noticed, one of the things I was talking about my partner the other day is whenever I posted something, um, I'd get loads of lovely white ladies in my DMs being like, I'm doing this and this and this, and I found this and you should share this and actually, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I've been doing this, I've been doing this. And I said to him, I said, I, do you know what I think it is, is because especially for speaking on my behalf. So since like either day of the black square day, let's call it. Um, Cause I'm just trying to think of timelines of when things started to, you know, build towards a peak. Um, excuse me, little burp there, um, <laughs> is I've had so many messages from women telling me what they're doing and how they're learning. And I said, I think it is because there's a privileged white lady who thinks she's on the right side of things and fighting the good fight to do so much work, which the people I know who are doing, do so much work to teach yourself and try and bring yourself up to speed is tiring. And that's like, obviously I'm not taking away from, imagine how tiring it is to fucking live it, mm. let alone just have to learn it. And no, none of us are used to working this hard without any positive affirmation. So like normally when I've worked this hard on something, I mean, I can't even think, like imagine I worked at school because I didn't. If I worked mm-hmm. this hard on an essay, I would expect an A or someone to go, I can see how much work you put into this or your parents to be like, you need to take a break, you're working so hard. But you're doing all this work and no one, rightly so, is patting you on the back and it's such a hard place to exist. So I think what these ladies are doing is they're kind of going, can you tell me I'm doing something good because I'm not getting it from anywhere else in the world. And also I feel very uncomfortable on the other side of people who like slide in my DMs to be like, what you're doing is great. And I want to be like, no, no, no. Like go and tell Mm. the woman who wrote the post that I shared. (laughs) Don't tell Mm. me. Like I'm doing the bare minimum. Like I'm just, yeah, I, I say I'm, I do the bare minimum in terms of like, not deliberately like, oh, this is, I'll only do the bare minimum for race. But I mean, like, there's always more I yeah, can be doing yeah. and I will definitely get there as in how am I going to be useful in terms of this to facilitate um, other people? Like, because it's not up to me to be like, guys, I'm going to leave Black Lives Matter. Finally, I'm very good at organising. This is my time to shine. Mm-hmm. But like, how, what is my role within it to support um, people? So, yeah, it's this mad thing. And then it's also come at a time where since lockdown, I don't know. I mean, I, I spoke to you about it because I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, I've had like several messages every single hour. I hate that Instagram means that anyone can message you because I also try and not look at it. And I tend to keep away from it. But more time on my hands means more looking at it. Um, and it is full of people te- before all this not before all this happened because systemic racism is this for hundreds of years before um 
before, let's say, the murder of George Floyd, um, I was getting several messages every every hour, I'd say, telling me to do more about, like, to how, like, it would be like, here's how you usually start. I know you usually speak up about things like this, so I know you'll share this. Or, like, I know you've been, uh, I know you organise an LGBT fundraiser, so can you share mm. this? And it's a bit like, yeah, I've, I am doing those things. I have done those things. But like my my feed is also like my insta- my thing. And it's not that I don't want to talk about LGBT issues. It's like if I just constantly do that, no fucker will look at anything. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a certain amount of balance of where I'm giving them <clears throat> me as a comedian and mm-hmm. using it for me to go, oh, I think I look nice. I might put a picture of myself up looking nice. Or there's, you know, here's a picture of my dog that I love that I'd like to share with the world. And then just this thing of being like, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. And as someone whose like livelihood has been stripped of them, which means all my security has gone in terms of like what I was going to, even in terms of like, I can't start a family when I thought I was going to, because I've got no money to start a family. Like we can't stop the, start the adoption process. Or I'm going to bring a social worker in here and be like, oh yeah, we don't know when we'll next earn money what a great environment to bring children into so like every part of my life and I'm one of the lucky ones has been banged back like at least a year my job that gave me so much self-esteem because I felt like I could do it well and make a difference and on my terms has been taken away I don't know when it will come back and then trying to make a difference where I can so I was like finding small businesses who were doing stuff for charities in COVID-19 and I was sharing those like because again I know I have a platform and then the the like stuff of people who be like I know you like good guys so this is my cousin's business they're actually in really big trouble and so I think if you shared the post it would really uh stop them from financial ruin and I and it just got to the point where I was getting so many of those a day and I'm like how the fuck am I responsible for every small business by the way I'm an unemployed woman who hasn't earned any fucking money and there's someone who's really sweet who messaged a couple of times he was like um it was something to do with like I don't know what it was but it was like my local let's say tattoo parlor or cafe i got some, someone someone messaged me after the covid arms raised like however many thousand for food banks and went my local coffee shop is in danger of shutting so i really think you should be doing something where you do a fundraiser for them and i was like how the fuck am i in charge of your coffee shop now like <laughs> and my partner's like well it's because when they message you they think that that's their part done they've done their bit for their coffee shop because it's now your issue but like and i I feel it. I feel the weight of all these things. I feel the weight of every thing I'm not sending. So I, I for, first of all, I was like, I'm going to block anyone who I don't know who asks me to do something for them. And then like, so I started doing that. And then the fourth person was like, I run a refugee charity. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't block you. <laughs> but I am going to like not acknowledge it because I can't like, I just, I, I pr- promise at the moment I do nearly everything I can in any way like mm. I try not buy my clothes from sweatshops I try and buy secondhand sustainable vegan I then when I'm done with them I give them to salvage project who are a company that sell uh, clothes and then all that money goes to refugee like I try mm. do whatever I can like I don't eat vegan because I don't like meat I'd eat it every single fucking meal of the day I think because ultimately it doesn't cause me any problems in terms of like restricting what I have and I think it's better for the planet. There's not no shade to anyone. Like, so I'm trying to do my bit, but like, it is never enough. There's always an expectation when you do and engage in stuff that like, you can do more, you can do more. 
well, guess not. I, I, I can't. And my hair has started to fall out. And I've had 10 weeks of, I actually find it much harder to deal with well-meaning ladies telling me what they think I should be doing and sharing than a guy telling me that I'm disgusting and he wants to punch me and I'm the unfunniest thing he's ever seen. I'm like, I can deal with you because you're factually wrong bullshit and you've clearly got some stuff going on. Yeah. You nice lady <clears throat> tapping yeah. into all the things I think about myself that I'm not doing enough that I'm, you know, and making me feel mm. like I'm nothing, like I'm a, a, like a waste like I'm wasting all this stuff that I have and I, I, I couldn't, I, I'm, I'm so like exhausted with it all. I just don't know what to do. And like my poor boyfriend is to the point where he's like, do I have to like take your social media off you? Because he was like, you're so unwell. I haven't seen you like this. And he's like, I don't know how to manage it. And like, I can't get you off it. it Cause he'll be like, where did you read that? And I was like, on my Instagram. And he's like, someone commented that. And I was like, no, it's in my DMs. And he's like, well, the fuck are you in there? I was like, because I can't not look at them. And I've taken your advice. So I've like moved the app so it's further away. So it's more <laughs> yeah. distinct of me going on there. It's not just an absent-minded thing. I've tried to do it and it's getting better. Um, and I, you know, I sent that lady back and I just said, listen, these are all the reasons. There was two people I was really honest about. Someone wanted me to share a petition to do, uh, to write a letter to Lush because they're quite like I'm always was like lush 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 not the good guys as it turns out mm-hmm. there's a lot of problems there so I've got lots of employees from lush messaging me now which is I'm like oh mate have you got a union because I'm really <laughs> like I, I know I've said I, I've since never mentioned anything about lush um uh yeah and I'm really sort of struggling about what to do with that and yeah I think it's I would would say yeah. it's the higher up management that is the issue not the you know, like the the people I know who work there are very sweet and hardworking. It's yeah, like everything; it's capitalism. So it's Always, yeah, yeah. So it's, I think it's it goes back to the whole thing about um, the end goal because you know that if you posted every single petition, and you you said it yourself, like if you posted, if we posted every single petition and every single GoFundMe, and we talked about every single cause, people would stop engaging altogether, and. You know, like I can see it, like sharing things at the moment about Black Lives Matter. People skip the stories, people exit the stories because I assume it's too much at the moment. And that's not excusable, you know, but that is how people react. So I saw someone, and I hate that I forgot who it might be someone like Gina Martin or uh, Megan Crabb or something who did a thing of saying, This is today's petition. Today we signed this petition. Come on, everyone. And I hadn't thought of doing it like that before, before I saw it. Cause I thought, Oh yeah, I can do that. I can sign a petition, mm. but the list of all the petitions that needed signing, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. my God. And that just goes to show that that is what, that's just what works. And we can't, we can't do. And it, so you could do it and then you could feel better about yourself because these people wouldn't be mad at you anymore. But you also know that that would not help anyone. If anything, that would take help away from the things that you do share so, and it sounds weird, but in a way, by not acknowledging those ones, you do a bigger difference. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it does make sense. I, I I hope so. That's what I've been trying to do. And that's the part of the thing of being like, I won't share a link to something I haven't donated to. So basically I'm like, give 50 quid every day to a charity that helps uh, like black people mm. uh, and it, especially LGBTQ plus mm. black people. Yeah. This is a like, big issue there. Um but then that means that like I am usually sharing one thing a day to be like this is the this is yeah. the thing and a talking point. But like just 
even so like where I'm from in North Wales, there was a Black Lives Matter protest. You couldn't go if you live more than five miles away. I live 13 miles away from it, so I couldn't go. And so I shared it on my stories, which I know how many thousands of people see those. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely way more than see my posts. And then someone um, went, added me into another post of it and went, can you share this? Because you have lots of followers from North Wales. And I went, I've already shared it on my stories. They're like, yeah, but can you actually do a post about it? And I I went to be like, well, if I've got so many followers from North Wales, why the fuck am I only just going up to the big room in Bangor firstly <laughs> and like also this thing of like don't claim me now if you're not giving me any support elsewhere of being like and then this thing of like like yeah I will do that and I was like yeah I will do that but fewer people will see it so I'm like I'm just doing this to for you like I, I, I'm doing this for you knowing that it's not as useful and not as many people saw it do you know what I mean yeah. so you can say I've made them do this thing and but it was just people, people are so, like I, I worked in in charities for a while so I've seen this happen where and I've been that person who had my one thing like I worked for the Danish Refugee Council and Danish demining group so my everything was refugees and uh, mines and I hated everyone who didn't care about it I thought it was I you know if you didn't care about it you were just a selfish asshole and if people even mentioned other courses I'd be like oh Like that's not as important. And I think that when people have like a project, like a thing to focus on, like I could, and I would be right if I said to you, why are you not posting about um, uh, the refugee crisis? Why aren't you telling people to wash their hands? Why aren't you posting about what's happening in Poland uh, with the the rape laws? Why aren't you posting about what's happening in Denmark with the rape laws? Like I couldn't list literally thousands of things that are wrong that you should be speaking up about but you we also both know that that's not a possibility both for you to contain as a person but also it wouldn't make any difference on your social media like there, there will never be you'll never reach a point where oh I've done enough I have fixed it all like I you cannot say that I've not done it do you know what I mean and I think I had to realize that as at one point with the when I, I ended up having a direct debit for I think 23 different organizations when I was 20 and I was just like I was just like I but I could keep doing this until like I I could always tell myself that I should be doing more should be doing more but at some point you have to realize you have to accept and it's the same with acknowledging your own racism and your own you know problematic sides is oh I'm never going to be perfect I'm never going to be good enough from like a objective point of view so I have to figure out what I can do that works the best and forgive myself for the rest because otherwise I burn out I lose my followers no one does anything and then I end up doing absolutely nothing because it's all just backfired and then you feel like an asshole because you're like oh but so I'm just meant to do less and then forgive myself and do a face mask from Lush who are now cunts like what (laughs) (laughs) it feels um it does it feels like you're being too nice to yourself but sometimes being nice to yourself means that you can do more and that again the thing about the end goal being well we want a world when you know things are better and so it if you doing a face mask today means that eventually more people will be happier then that's like that's the that's you know that's just your burden that you have to to carry yeah it's so um it's also when it's like the so this was i want to say that this is happening like prior to the the 
not the Black Lives Matter movement because I'm aware mm. it hasn't just happened in like two weeks, but like to the, that being a focal yeah. point of the conversation. So then when that when that gets added on top and you're re- reading so much about white fragility and things like that and you're like, oh my God, you're sitting there like on the verge of tears because people keep sending you stuff. You're like, am I just a fucking Karen who's finding it hard? <laughs> and, mm. and there's an element of it where it is, yeah, of course I'm finding it hard because I'm across at myself that last time I was on the news quiz, it was all white and I'm like what the fuck didn't I say anything about that like why didn't I say I'll I'll not do it like Mm. yeah and I just like so angry with myself for that um and so I'm sort of like battling that feeling of being cross of myself and then also being like feeling like I'm being bombarded with people who are only actually being kind and they've only got good intentions but also good intentions with I would say and this is what I said to someone and I and I, I I I, was, I tried to place it as nice as I could and I said I'm, I'm gonna like meet this conversation afterwards um because I just need to say this but I was like to message someone and say I know you will sort this kind of like I know this is on you you have to do this and you think and you're doing that because they care about the world imagine then employ some empathy for them how that would feel are the chances are you are the only person messaging them no is the chances are they have other stuff going on yes do you ever like I don't really post anything about what's going on with my family so like yeah all this is happening in the background of someone in my partner's family who's very close to the family having COVID-19 like I'm not burdening you with that but it doesn't mean anything isn't going on and it doesn't mean I'm also just like oh okay probably this month will be okay and then I'm gonna have to phone my bank about my mortgage you know like and how I'm gonna live and I'm have, gonna have to have very difficult conversations with my agent and you know other people about like my worry about money so all this is going on and then people being like I know you will I know you will I know you will do this do this do this do this basically because all I'm reading it is and you are not enough you're not doing enough mm. and now I just thought if they like I would never send someone a message like that saying basically going like it's on you like and I just think if you if you're a fan of me and you claim to like me why are you why would you do this and so that person who like tagged me in under some fucking person's post I don't know so I shared it as a post I shared the Black Lives Matter thing and I and then I just did it when you can't men- you can't tag me on Instagram now like you can't mention me unless I follow you because that's a really sad thing because what would happen every Saturday night when I did my online gig is loads of people would put and I'd put and I'd share because I love looking at the mm. pictures of them uh, up on my feed and I think it's a really nice thing for them to do because it's such a community but it's like if I enter into that part of the community I also have a part of people who will at me into every article they think I should have read everything they think I should be sharing and I'm like the exp- I had I promise you I have enough expectation on myself without a set of strangers then pushing theirs onto me so it, it just it means that every time I have to like retreat from a part of social media which I enjoy stops being enjoyable um yeah and like someone messaged me the other day and was like can I dm you about something and so I was like, hey, what's the what's the problem? Because that's the immediate thing is like, mm, what have I yeah. fucked up now? Like, what have I? And they were like, they sent me a very sweet message about, oh, I just had a really shit thing. I came to a gig and I came away feeling really nice. And I wanted to, to be like, this is so lovely. But all you've done is send me into a state of anxiety before you message me. Because I think that you're about to tell me that like, actually in an off the cuff thing, you used this word and it made me feel like this, like, mm. it, it kind of doesn't matter when people reach out and are 
pleasant because like if you are worried about the world and worried about not doing enough anyway you would just assume it's that and you'll go okay it's not that fine and then you move on to the next worry it's just yeah it's I don't know I'm being such a baby um, but, yeah. <laughs> I have a million I have some I have a million things to say to you which I I could talk to you for another hour but we've talked for two hours now and I need to stop <laughs> shit I am oh we could do this for so long uh I have like a list of things I haven't even been able to ask you but um I also have I have to do another one of these yes I'm so sorry no do not apologize this is great um what I'm gonna do is I'll set up another one where I ask you like the final question and some extra questions for the patreon and all of that um but it takes a while for this zoom thing to um save the file so I have to just like but I will um get you to plug plug your things because this has been so lovely and people are going to want to follow oh. you and you know where can we message you and ask you to share our petition <laughs> please don't <laughs> um, uh, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and I've got a Facebook page if you're if you're 50 <laughs> um, and yeah I've got I'm running like a digital comedy night well, well this situation is what the situation is that raises money for Trussell Trust and then half immediately goes to the food banks and then half gets split amongst the performers and they can do with that money what they want loads of them donate it to different charities loads of them have just lost their livelihood so it goes to basically feeding their children so it's a really good thing I'm really proud of and we give away beer every week and it's very like community minded and I I love it so if that's your thing um yeah that's uh, for now it's every Saturday night yeah so that's what it's called yeah the COVID arms and <laughs> there's a there's a website for it as well the COVID arms great yeah I will be in touch with all the extra stuff that I will also want yeah, to ask great. you. I'm um, so sorry. It's I not on so you. No, I've enjoyed it. I could have stopped you earlier, but I didn't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Kiri. I hope that you enjoyed that. Now, last week I did a two hour long ramble at the end about my weird little delusional feelings of self grandeur. I don't even know if that's a real word, but I'm going to spare you from all of that and just say thank you so much for your support. It still means the world. And what I want to say is, again, look in our um, show notes for anything you need. And now I'm just going to be thanking the people who have supported the podcast by sharing it, by tweeting about it, by telling your friends, by uh, supporting it, giving a one-off donation, which you can you can find all of that on madeofhumanpodcast.com. And uh, now particularly the patrons and even more particularly the patrons who give $5 or more who are uh, the VIP list. So if you join that, you can also be anonymous, by the way, there's an option where you can choose to be anonymous. But if you choose to support me, you will get, uh, if you choose the one called the VIP list or anything above that, you will get your name uh, butchered on this podcast. I'm going to try and run through it quickly because I took, I helped you for so long last week. So Massive thank you too. Let's see how quick I can do it. Okay. Andrea Papillon, Andrew January, Andy Walker, Anya Knoblock, Anna Marie Heaven, Aretha, Awesome Blue Sky, Bamboo Bandit, Barry Nelson, Bethany Dahlstrom, Caitlin, Carly Weston, Kat Forsake, Cherry Winter, Christine with a Y, Dan Rushton, Danny Beckett, Daniel Rafashid, Danielle Johnson, Dita Bomber, Jensen, E. L. Emily Bindi, Emma Perangi, Felicity Tully, Fenella Dunn, Privacy, Osaurus, Aurora, Teratops, Galway, Cass, Georgia, Gillian Davidson, Grace Ann, Hannah Paul Smith, Hannah Rose Tristram, Harold Van Dyke, Harry Minard, 
Helen Jaren and Helen Jermack, hee hee, Holly Ritchie, Jen Boyle, Josie, Catherine Nolson, Catherine Goodmanson, Catherine Williams, Kathy Axel Bauer, Katie Hatfield, Katrina Pilsen, Kirsten E, Kirsten Davidson, Chrissy Nicholson, Laura Ingman, Lillian Harry French, Hunger Dinavanka, Lindsay Bushniak, Liz Cassell, Lola Phoenix, M Dash, Maeve Hulihan, Maury Fraser, Manon Elin, Megan Roberts, Nicola Ellison, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Pierre Fenne, Rachel Ray England, Rachel Evenheim, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Cabell, Robin Pierce, Samantha Jolie, Sarah Allen, Sarah Plumer, Simon, Simon James, Sophia Ramsey, Susie Tyler, Victoria Greer, uh, oh no, where is it there? Uh, Victoria, oh no, wait, <laughs> Zoe Stevenson, and Phil Scott is Rianne Rivers and Victoria Layton. That was two minutes and 15 seconds that took me. Let's see if I can beat that in another week. Thank you for, I was about to say, bearing with me. Um, maybe I should give myself a bit more credit. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. You Oh, whoopsie. You are the best people in the world. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Kiri for being an amazing guest. Thank you to Dave Pickering for editing this episode. Thank you to Harriet Brain for writing and recording the jingle and to Justine McNichol for the loco. Loco? <laughs> for the logo. Oh God, I need to sleep. This podcast was produced by Dying Alone Limited. I will speak to you next week. Bye. Oh, pie.